Welcome to another episode of the Football Funders Podcast. I'm me, he's him, you're you. Welcome back to the show. This is the third time we're trying this because my <laughs> camera's not happy today. Uh, quick shout out to the people, the, the lovely people that we follow on Twitter who follow us too. Let us talk mental health. Uh, the football team raising money for the mental health charity Mind. Uh, let us talk the football team raising money for mental health charity Mind in association with Dan, really, who... Yeah, world's worst assistant manager. What can we say? Not world's worst up there, but not maybe not the worst. Not not the worst. No, ma- no, no match fixing. No match fixing. Uh, we'll no, pop over just... to Italy. You'll make a few bob. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely right. Let's have a look at the table. We're going to pull up the tables and we're going to discuss our predictions, which, by the way, weren't very good. Got to say, um, I did go and listen to them earlier. Whoops. Right. Let's have a look at the table. Right. First of all. Arsenal. Arsenal, top of the table. Big surprise for everybody. Uh, very big surprise. We did predict that they do well given their preseason business, but um, they've definitely excelled themselves. Dan predicted them to uh, be in the top four and done very well. Um, second place, Manchester City. We actually predicted to be winning it again this year after they signed Haaland and whoops. Um, that hasn't gone down very, very well at all. Um, are you surprised by Arsenal, Dan? Um, I haven't watched any of them, so I can't really comment. I haven't, I won't lie to the people, I haven't really paid attention to Premier League this year. So, I'm, I mean, I'm in a way, I'm surprised they're winning games, but from the limited I have seen them, they play really well. So, I mean, they deserve to be up there, but it wasn't what I. Was expecting. I thought they'd make the Champions League, but I didn't think they'd miss the league. Well, they're running away with it at the moment. They're like eight points clear or something. In third place, Manchester United, equal on points, but haven't played a game more than Manchester City. Um, by the way, they drew 1 1 with Crystal Palace yesterday. And, oh my God. Michael Elise, free kick. Have you seen it, Dan? No. Oh, go on Twitter, have a look. It's the nice most. Palace goal, I refuse. It, oh, you have to watch it. It's unbelievable. No, it's, it's, the I refuse. it's the most casual world-class free kick you'll ever see. Uh, I predicted that they'd be in the top eight this year, so I'm doing really well. Um, being really facetious there because I, I didn't predict we'd be in the top four. Where did I put Man United? Fifth? Uh, I have no idea. Our predictions weren't very on point this year. Um, you did, however, predict Tottenham Hotspur who are in fifth to finish third. So Still could yet happen. Newcastle blowing everyone away with a really bang average side in terms of quality, but there they are in fourth well, place. They just Eddie sold Chris Wood. So, you know. Have they? Where's he yeah. gone? Not in the forest. <laughs> Not in the forest. They're still buying everyone. They're just they? trying to sign anyone. Jeez. Fulham, my tip to stay up out of all the relegation, uh, relegation? Out of all of the promoted teams. Dan and Pete also had them to go straight back down. Um, yeah, Still time. Good. Still time. I predicted that Brighton and Hove Albion in seventh wouldn't be very good. And, uh, well, they got a new predicted, manager. I think I predicted Brentford to go down as well. Yes, you did. Um, we both had concerns about them. Liverpool are absolutely crapping it in ninth. Uh, we're not quite sure what's going on there. Right, because this, this weekend is Liverpool-Chelsea, which I've which has been renamed the El Shitico, which I've quite enjoyed. Well, there you go. Chelsea right underneath them in 10th. Chelsea, who are buying everyone, by the way, since our last, last podcast, they've signed Mudrick from Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, 
They've signed, was it Maduke from uh, PSV today? Was ben, that right, ben? Ben, Benoit Bashil? Bashil, Badashil. Yeah, Benoit Badashil's come in. And Andre Santos. Um, Andre Santos. And I think there was somebody else as well. There's a few others for far. Um, they spent approximately £500 million since the summer. Financial fair play is a myth, Time. ladies and gentlemen. It's a myth. Aston Villa coasting along comfortably in 11th. There's been quite a few managerial changes as well, we're going to have to point out here. Brighton and Hove Albion lost their manager to Chelsea. Well, that didn't go very well for Chelsea. Um, yep. Brighton are fine. Uh, Aston Villa started the season with Steven Gerrard and have yes. now got Unai Emery, who's trying to rectify Steven Gerrard's mistakes. Still trying to learn to count on the Disney Channel. Wow. Yep. Steven Gerrard, so fantastic, a manager that even Poland turned him down recently. Unhappy news for Christopher, Dan and Pete. Crystal Palace are comfortably playing quite well, actually. Yeah, look at that form. I mean, they're not. Look at the form. I know, but still. They put in a good performance. <laughs> Nottingham Forest surprising everyone up in 13th, considering the yeah, fact that they signed last. about three clubs worth of players and signed even more today, according to Dan. Uh, we predicted them to go down. We shall see. They still will, don't worry. Leeds United struggling along. I did have concerns for them. Uh, Leicester City really sinking fast. Yeah, but great character. Yeah, great character. It'll get you everywhere. Although they have just agreed a £17 million fee for... Uh, what was this? Christiansen's and... Oh, from Copenhagen. Uh, yeah, £17 million that, pounds to yeah. Denmark. Uh, that's a lot of money to go to Denmark. Denmark, the country, yeah, <laughs> the whole country. Wow. How many players are you going to sign for 17 million from Denmark? Come on, be real. Uh, Bournemouth surprisingly holding their head just above the line. We did predict right that last. they go straight back down. West Ham, what has happened at West Ham, Dan? I want to make a bold prediction. Are you ready for this? Go on, Ed. West Ham sacked David Moyes. Uh, that's about as bold as my prediction. Well, no, wait for it, wait for it. No, 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 you need to let Go me on. finish. <clears throat> you get sacked by West Ham, and in under two weeks after that, he'll be managing Everton. And I'll go even bolder and say two weeks after that, Frank Lampard turns up at West Ham. I don't think the West Ham fans will like that. He's played there. Yeah, they don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, Scott Parker coming back to Charlton. It's not going to go well, is it? Well, speaking of Scott Parker, actually, he started the season with Bournemouth. And, um, yeah, he's now managing in the Champions League with Club Bruges or someone. Club Bruges, yes. Belgium. Uh, Everton, Pete's tip to go down. And uh, very clearly, quite an but accurate tip eye. for the first time. And uh, holding up the bottom of the league, is, although, to be fair, they're all on 15 points is his previous year's uh, prediction, which was Southampton. So about a year late. So that's about right for our predictions for all of us. Um, so I think Southampton will be fine because they've got Nathan Jones and I trust Nathan Jones. He's not doing well though, Dan. I mean, he's only had three. He, I think he's had three league games, won one, drawn one, lost one. He's got to have had more than that, surely. And then he's yeah, and then he's had two cup games because of the cup. He've had the World Cup, which he hired in, right? And he's had yes, the cup and Carabao Cup game. So he's not actually had that many games in charge. In the championship, my tip Burnley to go down. Burnley actually at the top of the table. 
Uh, Vincent Company's come in, and despite my criticism of him being not a very good manager, he's making me look like a right twat. Thank you very much, dear Vincent. Uh, second in the table, Sheffield United. I don't think that's a surprise, is it? Uh, not massively. I mean, I did think that maybe that they wouldn't be that good, but yeah, they're doing all right. Watford, who all of us predicted to go straight back up again because they're a yo-yo club. In third, a big surprise is Middlesbrough under Michael Carrick following him leaving uh, Manchester United at the beginning of the season. Taking them from the bottom of the table all the way up to fourth. He seems to be doing a bang-up job there, Dan. I I put it to Middlesbrough to do well this year, so I'm not I'm not overly surprised. I mean, the, the turnaround that Michael Carrick's led there, I watched a really interesting YouTube video about how Michael Carrick's changed the way that uh, Middlesbrough play. It's really effective. Um, so they're starting really well. They're scoring goals. They've stopped leaking as well, which is a huge positive for them. The Chicken Club, Blackburn Rovers. How were they minus four goal difference and in the playoffs? Oh, and they haven't no drawn idea. a game this season. What the f- No idea. But, I mean, if you look at it, they have not drawn a game. It is 1-14, lost 13. Jesus. That's... West Brom have also done a Middlesbrough. Um, their manager... With, um, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He used to manage Huddersfield. Carlos Coburn, um, former assistant Leeds. When he took over, I think they were twenty third. Right. So he's he's had a massive turnaround for them as well. And uh, then there's a, a nice chasing pack in the championship there, all the way down to really you could say to Reading, couldn't you? Really, only absolutely two games off. Luton Town doing it again without Nathan Jones. Well, uh, they have well. For most of the season, they had Nathan Jones. So, but they're carrying it on as they're going up. Millwall going up, the table. up there. Uh, Norwich City Pete, surprisingly Pete a little, about that one. No, he won't be. Norwich City surprisingly a little bit lower than I would have expected. I thought they would have been. Yeah, Dean really struggled under Dean Smith. However, they did win with their new manager in charge. And again, I cannot remember his name. Uh, Sunderland, my tip to um, do well this year in the Championship are 10th. So I think that's very good considering they've come up. Although they spent a bit of money. They signed, was it Jack Clark for about 6 million quid or something from Tottenham, wasn't it? They pretty much reloaded on the squad they had last year, which did really well in League One. Uh, And then they added a few extra players. Ahmad Diallo has been really good for them. Been on loan from Manchester United. scored some worldies, actually, I must admit. Uh, Swansea City... uh, mulling around in mid-table. Yeah, there's a group of teams, Swansea, QPR, Preston, Reading. They can't really decide what they want to be this year. They seem to just... they. Go, I mean, Preston's form pretty much sums it up. And QPR have drawn a lot of QPR. Since they lost... Mike, just before they lost Michael Bill, dropped off a little bit and haven't still haven't really recovered. Where did Michael Bill go? Rangers? Rangers. Coventry City. Oh, look, at um, that, look at that form for Birmingham. Beautiful. Yeah, they're not having a good time, are they? Coventry City, finally under new ownership and trying to sort out their stadium. Fingers crossed for them that they do actually get that sorted out. Hull City in 16th. Bristol City in 17th, really continuing to make me look stupid from last year. Uh, 18th Birmingham City, 19th Rotherham. Uh, 20th Stoke City. I'm a bit surprised by that. What's gone wrong at Stoke City? Bad shit. Who's their manager? What's Mike O'Neill? He got sacked. I don't know who it is now. 
Cardiff City not doing well at all. They've just sacked their manager again. They're on their third manager of the year. I'm not surprised, judging by... Supposed to be Neil Warnock, supposedly. Uh, We shall wait and see. Huddersfield Town in 22nd, Blackpool in 23rd, and Wigan Athletic, who... That is some grim... If those three come down, I'm giving up going to away games. It's it's bad to do that. It's it's not doing well. I've been Um, to two of them. I've been to two of them, and they're both shitholes. Yeah. You're welcome to the people of Blackburn Huddersfield. Uh, so much love here on the Football Funders podcast. By the way, I if you do you like all. watching us, well, watching Dan today because my camera's buggered, uh, do like and s- this video, subscribe to the channel so we know that who the people are that are watching. That way we can be really, really nice to you. In League One, uh, this is where Dan's bread and butter is. Unless you're a Palace fan. Plymouth Argyle, uh, top of the league. I wouldn't have thought that, but I don't know much about them. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday looks like they're finally getting their act together. Um, Do we expect them to go up, Dan, much to your dismay? Uh, I I think Ipswich are going to play a role at some point. Uh, It's between those three, for sure. Plymouth uh, last year were doing something quite similar and then dropped off towards the end. They'll hope to. It looks like they're going to continue it this year. They do look really strong. So I think the top three, it might change, but that that, that is the cut off. I think Derby and Bolton have a chance to catch them, but I think it's just unlikely. That playoffs Barnsley, is really good, by the way. Barnsley and six. Ironically, I think all of these, except for Plymouth, are former Premier League sides. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Blind. Yeah, they are. Barnsley in sixth, Peterborough in seventh, Wickham Wanderers in eighth, Bristol Rovers, Exeter City, and Port Vale go in at nine, tenth, and eleventh. And twelfth under new management. We're in the top half. They're in the top half for the first time this season, I think. Um, yes. Tongue in cheek. But under new management and Probably true. possibly <laughs> under new ownership soon because they are in a period of exclusivity with a potential buyer, Cholton. Uh, how are Yay. you getting on? With the new new manager now, Dan, you weren't too. We're, we're, we're winning games. As I said to you, optimistic at first. Well, like I said, like I, I wasn't optimistic. I wasn't. I wouldn't say I wasn't optimistic. I was. What's the right one? I wasn't like amazed at the the appointment. But as I said at the podcast when we talked about it, I was give I was willing to give him my full support and and let him see what he could do. And he looks like he's from what we're hearing. Obviously, we don't know if it's true, but it sounds like he's turned the changing room attitude around. He talks, and I don't know how much of you, if you've read of him, but he talks very, he's very aware of his surroundings, if that makes sense. And I, I try and explain it using, like, his press conference. One of the first things he said when he, after the, so for background people, child people don't know, Charlton signed Macaulay Bond, who we had two seasons ago. He left under some, a bit of a cloud. He made a comment about joining a bigger club, etc., which upset the fans. Listen, he went to a high league, so I don't really blame him. And then at the end of the window in the summer, we tried to sign him again. It failed. He put like a gif up on Instagram. It turns out it may have been aimed at QPR rather than at Cholton, but obviously Cholton fans took, you oh, know, weren't like happy about it. Cholton fans aren't happy about anything, so it doesn't necessarily surprise me. But Macaulay Bond re-signed for us. Obviously, there was a bit of slack and then... Um, Dean Holden said in his press conference, the first thing he said was like, so happy to hear the fans singing Macaulay's name. Yeah. Um, and it was like, wasn't about the result. It wasn't about, it was just about what he could, he seems to be a very visual and 
listen, like he listens a lot. Yes. And I think that helps when you're in a club like Charlton, which is kind of falling apart, where Ben Garner came in and went, right, we're doing it this way. Everyone else just go. This is how we're going to do it. Dean's kind of come in and seemed to have gone, right. Apparently, he sat down with every player, had conversations with them, and they did like a team pact. Right. He made them like, they wrote like a document out and all they all to sign it and stuff to say, this is how we're going to go forward. This um, is how we're going it, to behave. A little bit cringy in some eyes. Um, no. I've had to do it in a former job and I found it hilarious. They People do it. My as, way for it. They do it with kids at secondary school. Oh, exactly. Now. They do it with kids. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, my son, my son had to do it. He brought it home one day from, from school. He was like, I've got to sign this. And I was just like, what on earth is this? Yeah, I, I've done it in my, in my last job. I had to do it with uh, my team there. But yeah, it, it, listen, it's worked. It, the, the lads, they're playing better. They look happier. We're seeing performances. Like the Man United game, we did a whole podcast on it more or less. But I think under Ben Garner, we get absolutely tanked in that game. And it wasn't a 3-0 at the end. So no, we're it turning wasn't. it around. We've, and we've, this stretch of games that we've had, obviously we've played two playoff sides and beat them. We've got Peterborough Saturday, who if I'm right, are like eighth. Is that correct? On the table, let's have a quick scroll. Peter seventh, yeah. And then next Saturday we're on TV. Oh, you're Sky on TV on against Sports? Bolton, who are a playoff side. So, Ooh, got an interesting, interesting stretch. And I think if we come out of that, really, you went into that stretch, offered me six points, I'd take it. Well, we're already on six. <laughs> so, whatever also, we get from now, bonus. Also, speaking of Dean Holden, as a Manchester United fan, I would like to apologise. For Manchester United's heartless email they sent him uh, the following <laughs> the following day, or is it the day after we beat Cholton? They sent him an email because he's a season ticket holder at Manchester United, confirming the dates for the next round, having just been knocked out. So <laughs> it's obviously uh, automated. But um, yeah, <laughs> shithousery maybe, just bad timing, who knows? Well, he's a season ticket holder, so... <laughs> <laughs> I just thought but, it was amazing. Um, Eric, it was just like, literally, it. shame I didn't screenshot it. It was like, dear Dean. <laughs> I think, I don't know if it was this week. It might have been this week, actually. He went up to Carrington yep. to watch Ten Hag do a training session. I'm not surprised. We've got a very good Ten Hag, Ten Hag said to him, come up, spend a day at Carrington. I'll show you how we do things. Um, and he'd be silly to say no, wouldn't he, really? So Absolutely. But at the uh, bottom of this league is this tight. I think it, from anyone from, I mean, Portsmouth's form's really not good. I'll go Lincoln down and Portsmouth the benefit of the doubt that they'll turn it around. Anyone from Lincoln down is, is in a bit of a scrap. But this is the thing I've grown to love about the lower leagues is just the fact that it's always so tight in every league, everywhere. Like two wins and all of a sudden you're in the playoffs. Two losses and all of a sudden you're in the relegation zone. Yeah, it's so much fun to we, watch. We we're kind of sat right now in that place of uh, kind of nowhere near you, and well, we're kind of nowhere near you either. But I think that's <laughs> arguably what you might want, realistically, isn't it? If you can just get a period of solidation of consolidation with a new manager while the club sorts out its long term future. This club will never maybe, sort out its long term future. Well, it depends who the next owners are. If the well, people the, the coming people in are any good, the people that currently are coming in are buying a seventy five percent share of the club, and are run by the people that you strode Sunderland. 
So if you want to see the mess that they made at Sunderland, go and watch their Netflix documentary. <laughs> well, on the plus side, it might mean you get a Charlton documentary. It does. However, I will admit, if you watch the second season of Sunderland Till I Die, it's got a fantastic ending. Why? Because it ends with Charlton winning at Wembley. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oxford United in 13th, Shrewsbury Town in 14th, Portsmouth lagging in 15th, uh, Lincoln City 16th, Fleetwood Link- Town 17th. Lincoln's form looks like a London tube. There you go, move on. Yes, it does actually. Minor, <laughs> minor gap. Fleetwood Town, Cheltenham Town, Accrington Stanley, Morecambe. Go on, Morecambe. 17th to 20th. <coughs> Excuse me, I apologise. 21st, Cambridge. Milton Kings Dons. I didn't expect them to be in the, the relegation franchise. zone. Yes, the franchise. Uh, Burton in 23rd, Forest Green Rovers. And the in... Carrot Munchers are last. Absolutely. You deserve to be last for not eating food properly. Yeah. Oh do we bother to look at Division 2 quickly? Yeah, League 2 is interesting. You won't see the playoff picture. Right. Come on, let's have a look. League 2 is a bit everywhere. <laughs> Apart from the top two, the top two have won it, buggered off. Well, you're doing a D-double die. Yeah, I know, I've just turned it off again. Have a look at that playoff (laughs) picture. Sorry. 13th place, four points off the playoffs. Really? Let's have a look. Ooh. sir. Yeah, you're right. 14th place is so tight. Basically, actually, if you're looking at 15th, you're looking at five five points. points. Between fifteenth and seventh, yeah, that's it's like two wins, and you go literally to the edge of the playoffs. That's yeah. insane. Well, the top two have already buggered off and won it. We we can already Leighton Orient and Stevenage who play this weekend. They're having a fight of their own. Northampton were with them, but as you can see, Northampton have decided it's time to bottle it for this year. And it's and then Bradford and Bradford can't get out of this league. They've been stuck here for flipping years. Swin Salford will drop off at some point. They it always happens. And uh, towards the bottom of League Two, Gillingham are still in the bottom two. That's uh, that's the important detail. Let's have a look. Where I are think... we? How could... Well, they're bottom. They're Ooh. ranked bottom. Hey! Potentially going out of the football league. That will make every chance. They did, they did win at the weekend, and their owner. They've got a new one, an American businessman who has, to be fair to him, is spending the money. So He's going to need to if he wants them to stay a football league club. They bought Tom Nichols from Crawley, who's a relegation rival, but he's a good striker. So I think there's rumours that they might be trying to sign Jane Stockley from us. So Gillingham are, are busy and they're active. They signed George Lapsley as well from Mansfield. They're, so they're hoping to find some players to, to pull away a little bit. Newport, they... looked like a Lon- Newport looks like a London tube as well. If they do stay up, then that three-legged dog's tail will be wagging quite ferociously, <laughs> I think. Oh, dear. Excuse me. So that's the tables as they stand. Um, we are lagging quite badly, by the way, on the stream. Okay, there's not a stream anymore. Oh, wait, that's okay, because I've just turned it off. So that's absolutely fine. <laughs> Given how badly my computer is performing right now, I'm genuinely curious. Um, I just wonder... Is that any better? Oh, that's a very dodgy colour. I'm using my built-in one. It's absolutely terrible. But um, you know what? I'm just going to turn it off. It looks even worse. Oh, dear. This is not doing well. On to our next story. Now, wow. Holy moly. Um, I don't know what he's worrying about, ladies and gentlemen, because I can't see. Oh, God. Where do we start with this? John Eames. 
the FA, Jesus, the FA just can't get anything right, can they? Even when they get an independent panel, they screw it up. And now the FA are basically looking at suing themselves. They're taking, oh, God, where do we start? Has the screen come through? Yes, I've stopped my video. It stopped lagging. So just to let people right. know. Okay. Thank you very much. Apo apologies, ladles and jelly spoons. Um, hopefully you can still see the screen. Um, I don't know. Yes. So, <coughs> excuse me. Former Crawley manager John Eames has been banned for football for 18 months for multiple breaches of the Football Association's rules relating to discriminatory comments. And, um, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Just a heads up, we don't normally do controversial stuff, but this is about racism and discriminatory language. So, disclaimer, this is not us saying these things. We will be quoting what has been found. The man has been found guilty on, I believe, 12 accounts, I think. Yeah, 12 of the 16. <clears throat> and he only admitted to one. Now, the FA aren't happy with the ruling by the Independent Council. Um, they've said here, and I'll read it out to you in case you can't see it. The FA brought 16 charges of discrimination against John Eames. The Independent Regulatory Commission decided on an 18-month ban for the 12 charges which it upheld or was admitted. Again, he admitted one of 16 charges. We had requested a longer ban based on the evidence presented to the Commission. We fundamentally disagree with the Independent Panel's finding that this was not a case of conscious racism. As a result, we are considering our legal options. Now, let's read the findings do uh, do we want to without dropping the use of words i have the um some of the sentences he was i've got said to have said they're also going to be on the screen because they're oh, going to okay. be on this so he we again disclaimer this is not my opinion this is not dan's opinion this is uh, mr john Eames, a former football manager of Crawley Town. He said to several of his different players at various times, <coughs> excuse me, he described Muslim members of his squad as terrorists. He deliberately mispronounced the second half of Arnold Schwarzenegger's name to um, emphasise the N-word in it. Used a racial stereotype to a black player of African origin by asking if he liked jerk chicken. Told Muslim players, your people blow up stuff with vests. Said that an Iraqi youth international at the club would probably blow up the stadium. Repeatedly made comments about another player carrying a bomb in his bag. Called one player a curry muncher and asked if the player was unhappy that they did not serve curry pizza. Made a remark to one player about how dark his skin was on his return to Crawley after representing Grenada. Dick. Honestly, the FA panel said in its finding, we regard this as an extremely serious case. We have accepted that Mr. Eames is not a conscious racist. If he were, an extremely lengthy, even permanent suspension would be appropriate. Nevertheless, Mr. Eames' banter undoubtedly came across to the victims and others as offensive, racist and Islamophobic. Mr. Eames simply paid no regard to the distress which 
his misplaced jocularity was caused was causing unbelievable unbelievable and this was a panel an independent panel and somehow i'm gonna say it even if nobody else will how is this not racism how on earth is this don't even start with unconscious bias seriously how is this not racism he even what, gave a what interview. is racism if that's not racism i i have an issue with the actual term racism but because just purely for the fact that we're all members of the human race so for me racism would be against aliens essentially but it's it's words but this is mental how can you not think possibly that this was done unconsciously this isn't a comedian trying to be funny this is bullshit I'm, I'm not going to say it. anything else. The, he gave an interview on TalkSport today, and he seems to think that he didn't say half of this stuff. Um, he's been accused of some other, other stuff, like trying to segregate his dressing room, which apparently weren't true. And he's deemed, he's claimed, unbelievably, that he thinks that he should be in receipt of, of an apology. Dan, go for it, mate, because I'm baffled. I think you've said everything. It's it's bizarre. I think whoever this independent panel is, someone should do an independent panel on them. <laughs> Frankly, they, because how can what, how can you read it? those statements and just be like, yeah, it's not racism. Like it's every, even if he admits to one of those statements, which apparently he has, that's enough. You're a racist. Bye bye. You're you, and also uh, this again. This might sound harsh. If you see if you've seen his inter no, so I don't even care if it sounds harsh. If you see the rest of his interviews, that where he's doing it for Sky, BBC, whatever, you can already tell that a very aggressive man comes across as a bit of a knob. So when these allegations come out, one, no one was surprised. It's taken so long to have anything actually to be done. It's been a joke from the start till now. And, I, I wouldn't, and I've heard, I read somewhere, that, am I right, thinking that the FA have appealed, have appealed it? They're looking into their legal options at the moment to try and get an extended ban. But the stupid thing is, the ban is set by the FA. So it's the FA rules, the FA consequences. The independent panel have come back with a verdict that I'm assuming the FA employ to work for them. There was even, a, this is what baffles me the most, is there was a black man, a former black professional footballer, on the panel, if my information is correct, and somehow they came back saying he's not a conscious racist. He asked one of his players whether they slept in bed with an AK-47, crying out loud. As I said, when, uh, when you asked my opinion, if this is not a problem and not racism, I don't really know what is anymore. We're supposed to be kicking it's, racism it's a, out, it's right? It's a joke. It's a joke. The man should be nowhere near football. The fact that in 18 months' time he's going to be allowed to walk back into football is disgusting. Let's be honest, he's never going to get another job in football, but you're absolutely right. He should not be allowed the opportunity to go back to work. I'm all for redemption and for people getting a chance to redeem themselves, but Jesus Christ, 
he called someone a curry muncher. This is like <laughs> I mean it's not banter, is it? Like this is like oh, it's bad, really no, it's bad. It's not. It's, this is like really bad common comment uh, comedy from 1979. Your people blow up stuff with vests. You don't say something like that unless you genuinely mean it. And apparently he asked a bunch of Nigerians um if they like jerk chicken repeatedly even though he told they told him that that were, was a jamaican delicacy yeah i saw that one as well if, honestly absolutely baffled and if you think this is weird ladies and gentlemen we're, we're going from downright unbelievable to absolutely bizarre so, as I said, we've got completely bizarre now from unbelievable to bizarre. The parents of US men's soccer star are at the center of a bizarre scandal that's threatened to tarnish his coach's reputation, a new report says. Now, Dan, you brought this to my attention. Yes. So, go for it. Okay, so before we start, we'll tell you who it's about. It's about the, the Giovanni Reina at the World Cup was playing for. America, and he was told by his coach, which is Gerd, I don't say his last name, do you? Bert Haller, I think it is. Well, him, that he, if he basically, that his training was not up to standard. Berhalter, uh, there you go, Greg Berhalter, and basically you won't be getting much time. This um, upset Gio Reyna, and basically there was a vote between the American players to decide whether he was going to stay in the squad or go home. The squad voted to keep him and apparently it was not a one-sided vote it was genuinely quite close um but to get into the story we have to go back to kids so when they were kids i'm sure people will know giovanni reina's dad is claudio reina who played for sunderland and rangers i believe in the uk yep um and greg berhalter played in america in the mls they grew Crystal up Palace, together. I believe. Oh, he's wrong already. Then. So they grew up. <laughs> they grew up together in the same town, and they played for the same high school team. They played for the same Sunday team. They then went to college. Both went to college in North Carolina. They went to the two rival colleges, so they played each other twice a year, effectively, in, in college football. One was at North Carolina, and I believe the other one was at Entity State. I think it was. Yeah, Greg. Barholter's wife also went to the same university and was dating Greg. And Giovanni Rayner's, uh, not Jared, Claudio Rayner's wife was also at the same university as Greg and his wife. So they have been friends for a long, long time. Greg Barholter was also Claudio Rayner's best man at his wedding. And then the World Cup happened. And well, I'll read the statement from Greg Barholter because it, it was very quiet. And then obviously, Greg. Greg Bowhalter then I'll, I'll read a little bit of his statement um, that he declared on the website I can just find it uh, we'll start with the, Amer the, the American one the American one says upon learning of the allegation uh, against USN men's national team head coach Greg Berhalter on December the 11th 2022 US soccer immediately hired Alston and Bird to conduct an independent investigation into the matter so what was rumoured was that as a 18-year-old man, there was an in, in there was an incident, an altercation between Greg Berhalter and his wife, or girlfriend at the time. 
Um, through this process, US Soccer has learned about a potential inappropriate behavior towards multiple members of our staff by individuals outside of our organization. We take behave such behavior seriously and have expanded our investigation to include those allegations. Uh, at the same time, it's in literally minutes, Greg Berhalter made a statement. I won't read the whole thing. I'll summarize it. He basically said that during the World Cup, an individual contacted US Soccer saying that they had information that would take me down. Uh, he then goes on to admit that there was a, an incident between him and his wife uh, back in 1991 and that they both seek counselling. They broke up for a while, have been together now, have a happy life, etc., etc. Um, this obviously came as Greg Barholder's contract was naturally coming to an end anyway. But this is where it, it still gets a bit funny, but we'll get on to that in a minute. So after a while, it kind of the story was out there that someone had, had said something, but we didn't know what the deal was. Uh, obviously, Greg had admitted that there was this altercation, but we didn't know the situation. Then a few days later, it came out in the press that Claudio Reyna's wife was the one that had leaked the news. Um, Daniela Reyna said to cut the record straight, I did call the sporter on the December, just after the news broke, that Greg had made negative statements about my son, Gio. I've known Ernie for years and I consider him to be a close friend. I, want, I wanted to let him know that I was absolutely outraged and devastated that Gio had been put in such a terrible position. So basically, this is this is what I the problem I have of it. You're so upset that your son's not the chosen boy. You've decided to leak some news that happened 20, what, 31 years ago now. She goes on to say that the incident that that she saw had scarred her for life. And it was hurtful and harmful to see her best friend in that manner, as well as the, the pain that it's caused her herself. She then says that she commends the recent efforts by US Soccer to address abuse of women's players. And I understand now that an obligation to investigate what I shared. But I want to be very clear that I did not ask for Greg to be fired. I'm sorry that the information became public and I regret that I played a role in something that could reopen wounds from the past. Now, the reason I brought this up, Ryan, onto you, was one because it's a bit out of nowhere. But to me, as much as all the problems and obviously Greg and his wife, etc., I'm going to take that away from it. I'm going to try and go around that because it seems like as a family, they've moved on. Greg's admitted he was wrong. They've had, he seek counseling, etc. So I don't want to comment on that too much. This screams of a mum or a lady who just didn't get her own way. So would do anything to try and get her own way. And then come out in the press saying that, oh, well, it's been hurting me for 31 years. But it's, un it's funny. I saw it as it's funny you've decided to say, oh, it's hurt me for so long. After your son's not got his way against your husband's best friend. It just it seems a bit weird. I think this is mental. Uh, first <laughs> of all, let me start by saying I do not condone what Greg no, of course Bell Halter did. The, the allegation which he's confessed to, so I suppose it's not an allegation, but it... The incident. The incident is... Uh, uh, apparently, when they were teenagers, I think they were about 19, he had an argument... College. Yeah, he, he had an argument with his then-girlfriend, who is his now wife, and apparently he kicked her in the leg. Um, he lashed out and kicked her in the leg. Apparently, as Dan said, he sought counselling and um, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't condone what he did. Violence against anyone is completely unacceptable. Um, but this was about, what, 30 years ago? 31 years ago. So why on earth 
Is she bringing, is the Giovanni Reina's mum or girlfriend bringing it? I think it's his mum. It's his mum. It's his mum. Yeah. Bringing this to the fore just because, and let's not beat around the bush. Giovanni Reina has come out and said he did not, he wasn't training properly. He did not act as, as well as he should have done when he received the news that he wasn't going to be playing because he wasn't training properly. So her son's admitted that he's in the wrong. But his mum, the over-pushy soccer parent, is the only way I can describe her, has decided that because she doesn't like the way her son was treated, even though her son was being a bellend, she's going to release a 31-year-old secret to seek revenge and try and get this man sacked from his job and try and basically, uh, what's what's the right word, evoke council culture and um, discredit this man's reputation based on something you did 31 years ago. This is completely bizarre behaviour. And unfortunately, it's becoming more and more common, such as the idea of council culture in society today. This the, the is making Americans for you. The thing that, that as I said, like in my, my kind of brief summary, the thing that gets me is, and there seems to be the view on the internet has come out of it. It was actually... Nothing to do with the allegation, nothing to do with Giovanni Reina. As we said, like obviously we condone the incident, but the, the main takeaway is that Giovanni Reina's mum's a twat, basically. Yes. You've, but the, bit that, the bit that I genuinely, this is going to sound wrong, so I'm going to try and say it the right word. I almost genuinely laughed, or not even laughed, I don't even know what the term was, when she said how much it hurt her 31 years ago. And I thought, but you've never... It's never bothered you enough to say anything. You were happy for them to get married. You're happy to have them highly involved in your wedding. Um, you're happy for your children to grow up around him. Yeah. But now it's a problem. It's a hit piece. It's <laughs> you. And then she comes out and says, well, I, I wasn't trying to get him sacked. So what exactly were you trying, what are you to, trying do? to do? Exactly. <laughs> what exactly were you trying to do? Because leaking this kind of crap, obviously is trying to damage someone in some way just because now, you feel damaged twice over in the space of 31 years. Yeah, oh, how unfortunate. Now, it, Recommended video is Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Um, yeah. I don't... It's, it's got to a point where... It's got to a point where now... Greg Barholter, I mean, probably was going to lose his job anyway, in complete fairness. They haven't decided. USA are playing games soon because of North American schedule. He's not going to be in charge, but they've not ruled out his return. Claudio Reyna himself is general manager at Austin FC, and apparently the owners at Austin are watching the situation. And the guy in charge of US soccer, who's kind of let this all bubble and leak out, obviously his job's now going to be questioned. And then you've still got Gio Reyna, who's a footballer, still trying to go about his life. So one statement is basically could knock out four people's livelihoods because she was a bit upset that her son was told off. Here's a statement from up. Danielle was the person who leaked the statement. I want to be very clear that I did not ask for Greg to be fired. I did not make any threats and I don't know anything about any blackmail attempts, nor have I ever had any discussions about anyone else on Greg's staff. I don't know any of the other coaches. I did not communicate with anyone in US soccer about this matter before December the 11th, and no one else in my family has made any statements to US soccer regarding Greg's past at all. So is what, she now denying it? Or no, denying she hasn't said anything up until then? 
yeah, she's basically saying, well, I haven't said anything since. It's just that one off. It just screams of, I'm, uh, she, she's just, de- I think she realised when it came out that there was more, si- I think what she was trying to do, she was trying to defend herself without, beforehand, when it came out, there wasn't a, it was kind of like, okay, this happened. And then it was almost, not brushed under the carpet, but moved on from. It was like, okay, it looks like he's going to go, etc. Then she came out and made the statement. I think she thought she'd come out looking like a star. But she's come out looking like a, well, a dick, frankly. Apparently, Gio's father, Claudio, who, as Dan said, has played in this country, also complained about the treatment of their son. Um, Yeah. uh, However, at no time did I ever threaten anyone, nor would I ever do so. That was his dad. Um. But what is genuinely even more bizarre um, is if just going to scroll back up very quickly. This is a statement from Giovanni Rayner concerning his behavior at the time. I fully acknowledge that I let my emotions get the best of me and uh, and affect my training and behavior for a few days after learning about my limited role. I apologize to my teammates and coach for this, and I was told I was forgiven. I am disappointed that there is continuing coverage of this matter, as well as some highly fictionalized versions of events, and extremely surprised that anyone on the US men's team staff would contribute to it. I'm starting to wonder if there's something wrong with the Rayner family. Because he's gone from apologizing for his behavior to then saying, yeah, but people are making shit up. Well, there was a press conference where they talked about it in a bit more detail. But I, I don't think, again, I, I just think it's a case of his wife, as in Claudio's wife, has dropped herself in it and then was trying to escape at pace but has made herself look worse. And then, obviously, her family have had to come to her rescue. It's not worked. I think the most, from what I can see of the American soccer, in quotation, fan base, most of it is saying, look, what happened, happened. And it, you know, obviously, they said the same as us, like should should never have happened. But the the look on for, on the Rainers, I think, is very different to what it was before the World Cup, shall we say? I don't understand why any parent, when their son is a professional athlete, over the age of voting, old enough to live on his own in a foreign country, because he plays for Borussia Dortmund in Germany, so it's not like he's based in the states. Are going to ring up his national team coach just because they're mates to complain. Oh, do me a favour, make sure my boy gets to play. Are we going back to the days of nepotism? Well, do you want to know the real pettiness? Go on. Greg Berhalter's son was on loan at Austin FC, which is where Claudio Reyna's the GM of. And they've terminated his loan. <laughs> yeah, terminated his loan. So what? So we're, we're bringing even more people in it who doesn't want it. That has this nothing is, to do with it. This, it's incredible. So not only are they punished... Desperate for housewives of the MLS. Not only is he punished for something that happened 31 years ago. His wife got to relive this. His son's getting punished because it's affecting his career. This is mental. Yep. And this it's all is... because one woman's upset. And it's not even a woman who is remotely involved in any of the situations. I could understand if it was the person that he'd kicked... And then she married his best mate. But seriously? He's involved with their kids growing up. If, you're, if that much of a problem, you wouldn't have let your 
child grow up around this person? Honestly, this is insane. Honestly, this is probably two of the most bizarre stories I've heard in football in ages. We've got someone who is very clearly being racist, deemed not to be racist. And then we've got over... This Womble. Over pushing, pushy parents. Well, it's not one Womble, is it? Claudio is just as bad. They're both like over pushy well, yeah, parents. He... But she started it. Here's a news flash. You mental head cases. He's an adult. He's responsible for his own behavior. He's not your baby anymore. Keep your nose out of his career. This is mental. Genuinely bizarre week in football, ladies and gentlemen. Genuinely bizarre. And we're going to round off this very bizarre week uh, of of football funders. Exactly. By going old school on you all, because if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll all know that we love a bit of football manager on this podcast. All three of us play. And um, during our first debut year with the podcast last year, we started doing football manager scout report, which was basically when we played the game, nine times out of 10, we'd find a hidden gem uh, and we'd exchange it with each other to help build our team. So we thought we'd share those with you. So as we've gone visually as much as possible and uh, apologize to all viewers and listeners from next week, we'll be going audio only until we can fix the problem. Um, so I bring to you Mickey van der Ven. He's a 21-year-old Dutchman defender who can play, is, is a centre-half, but can play left-back as well. As I've talked previously, it's all about determination for me. The higher the determination, the, the better the player. And uh, as you can see, he's got acceleration of 14 and pace of 17. It's so very quick. Uh, he's got decent stamina. He's got good strength. He can pass the ball. He can head the ball. For 21 years old and uh, £8 million I paid for him for my Newcastle side. This kid is five-star potential, absolute bargain. Get him while you can at the beginning of the game before his price goes up. That is my advice to you. And the other thing is, is he doesn't seem to get called up for international duty because he's Dutch. Uh, although for yeah, some they reason... Don't have, they're not licensed on the game. No, but for some reason Sven Botman does, but I don't play Sven Botman because for some reason, I don't know why, they're almost the same age. There's only a year's difference. And this, this guy is about five times faster than Sven Botman, but he's, Newcastle decided to find Sven Botman last year instead of this dude. And on to Dan's recommendation. Do you, do you play him centre-half or left-back? Centre-half. I have to play him covering because um, Dan Burns has got a pace of nine. So... <laughs> And Sven Botman's got a pace of 10. So I've got no one quick at the back. Yeah, it's stunning. The speed. The speed is unbelievable. To be fair, doing really well. I'm top of the league at the moment. But um, What's that Jeremy Clarkson quote about the speed? I have no idea. I can't remember it. Oh, so good. If you remember... Oh, look, there's my boy. Right, this is Dan's recommendation. I have no idea who this guy is, Dan. So it's over to you for this one. Right, so this is a friend of Navarro. Now, for anyone who... Most of the, the players that we've suggested to you over the time that we've been doing them, it's normally, as Ryan said, Wonder Kids, players that can play at the top top level. Uh, not so much in this case. I, I'm not sure 
as you see from his stats, that Fran could quite do it at the top level. But I have had him in the Bundesliga at a mid-table side. I've had him in Scotland and I've now got, currently got him in the Premier League. And he's and he, he will get you 15 goals. It, physically, he's not great, I'll be honest. Um, but absolute poacher. I mean, it does say that his preferred role, as you can see, is a poacher. Um, two star. Is this on your Newcastle save? Was yes. Just a random load up. No, this is this okay. is on uh, this is on a yeah. It's on start of my Newcastle save. So it's Fran Navarro. I've had a, so uh, I wish I should have sent Ryan the screenshots. Really, I've, he scored forty goals in a league campaign in Scotland. I had him with twenty one for Hertha Berlin in Germany, and I think he has. He had about 13, maybe 14 on my save where I've, I'm in the Premier League with QPR. So that was just when we just came up. So three successful trips. As I said, I'm not sure he, he'd get on at a top team. I mean, for instance, Newcastle, he's a two-star player. I urge you, if you are a, a team that's kind of in the mid-table and you just want someone to poke you in goals, Franz your man, 15 finishing, composure of 15, off the ball of 15, has a knack of just getting into positions to score as those stats prevail. As I said, his physicals aren't great. He's not the best all-round player. But if you're just looking for someone that can, even if it's off the bench, come in and pop your goals and you've got two better options, Fran Navarro's your man. You get, you can, I've signed him each time for about £4 million, sometimes a little bit more with add-ons. Obviously, if you can get him for as cheap as 650 k do. His wage is the highest I've had him. I think he's on about 25 k in my QPR save. So... If you're just looking for someone, as I said, as a third option or someone in a rotational, Fran Navarro, Jaman. Obviously, if you move on to the point where you're fighting for Europe, he has won a Europa League with me. Um, but obviously, as I said, statistically, you can see where some of his downfalls are. Um, he's good all round, I think we could say, Ryan, statistically. He's a, he's a solid all rounder. He's not good. Yeah, he's, he's not great at anything, he's not bad at anything either. Well, to be, to be fair, cross. looking at these stats, he's a hell of a finisher. Oh, he's natural. Um, That's what I mean. He's a poacher all day long. How much did you pay for him? Also, I think about £4 million every time. £4 million for a guy who's going to give you 15 goals a season at mid-table level. You can't knock it. He'd probably be starting at someone like Brighton as a regular. Yeah, does a good job. Like I said, he walked the Scottish League. He scored goals for me in the Bundesliga round in the Premier League. So I think yeah, just, just get him and play him. So... Right. Again, apologies for our technical difficulties this week. Not quite sure what's happened, but we're going to revert to an audio format only. We'll still post up on YouTube, but they will be audio only. And as always, we're available to download on iTunes. No, it's not iTunes anymore, is it? Sorry, as I found out today, it's Apple Podcasts now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Anchor, FM, Anywhere else you can download us to listen to us at any point rather than have to worry about wasting all your data on a YouTube video. But do go over to the YouTube channel and subscribe if you would be so kind. So that way we do get a good idea of our actual audience. And you can follow us on Twitter at FBallFunders. You can email us at footballfunderspod at gmail.com. Is that right, Dan? It is. He's got there at last. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Trust me. Between editing this, doing the graphics for this, and presenting this, because Pete's lost at sea somewhere. We've no idea where our main presenter's actually gone. Dan's lucky. He just has to turn up and try and see if his camera will work. 
just like me. Anyway, <laughs> thank you all very much for tuning in. Say goodnight, Dan. Good night, Dan. We'll see you all soon. Take care, everyone. Ta-ta.